Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information that I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails. Hello, and welcome to Wild Ginger Running Live. We're here with Sabrina Vergie. Hi, Sabrina. (laughs) Um, Who has just smashed out of the water her very good already Pennine Way FKT for the ladies 268 miles from Kirkyetham on the Scottish border to Edel in the Peak District so Stabs you already had the record of 82 hours 19 minutes smashed it down to 74 hours by 70 74 hours point five um why challenge your record if you've got it already 
I didn't really think of it as challenging the record. I thought of it as going for a jolly good run with my friends. And it was fun, wasn't it, Claire? Yes, it was very fun. <laughs> I did less of the running and more of the driving around. So I... <laughs> Thank you so much to your mum and you for amazing support and camper van fun. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. So me and my mum hired this like giant camper van, which was definitely too big for all of the roads that we were going down in, <laughs> definitely in the Scotland part anyway. Um, and so we were supporting at the road crossings, which was really exciting because I haven't done that before. Um, so I definitely need to ask you the question of just how hard is it for you to pull together all those logistics, especially like with COVID happening and everything being so uncertain? Yeah, the logistics isn't fun, um, and you can't be too stable about it all. Um, you need to just be a bit relaxed uh, because things are going to change. Um, but having a tracker does make everything a lot easier because that means if you're not exactly on your schedule, everyone still at least knows where you are and they can make a guess about where you will be at what time. So that's helpful. Um, but yeah, I think now more and more people are doing these um, things and writing spreadsheets. Uh, if you know someone someone before, like Devin Hall, you can sort of pinch his uh, <laughs> schedule and just bodge it and make it your own. Which is exactly what I did. And I did quickly mind it, or I didn't ask him. He sent it to me, so I sort of thought free to use and use. Um, and likewise, my Wainwright schedule, I know, is uh, now gone round. But, um, but yes, yeah, so you get an Excel spreadsheet. Bogging in a load of checkpoints, um, putting approximate times. Um, now that's where it gets tricky. I had reckoned everything, exactly how long I could take to take and then know, you know, what the sort of deterioration rate might be at the time. So the Pennine Way, okay, that's going to be the other great. Uh, but that doesn't always equate to the same thing because obviously doing the TV is very tired in the dark in the winter is nothing like the other uh, so I just kind of thought, mm, I'm a little bit slower than uh, Damien. Uh, so I put 10% slower than the time that he had scheduled to do it. But we, so that's what I went with. Mm. And we, yeah, for most of the time, I was within an hour or two of the schedule. Because then at the end, it really went two and a half hours over. But other than that, it was not a bad effort, I'd say. Yeah, it was absolutely incredible. Um, there was definitely, there was a time when you were an hour up on schedule and, and we were all like, ah, she's an hour up, quick, get here, get there. <laughs> no, it's not so bad because an hour's all right and manageable, but you start getting two or three hours ahead of you, it's just a problem. Um, but yeah, if you let go of the hour at, uh, by spending two hours in Greg's hut, we went there. I think I was actually about probably two hours up at that point and then spent two hours in Greg's hut. Well, there you go, all evens out in the end. And yeah. then there were other times I managed to grab another hour back somewhere because I was feeling really good and then I dropped an hour again. And yeah, it went up and down. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, and we'll talk a little bit more about the whole tracker thing and, and, and things like that because I want to talk to you about Mike Hartley and how he came out to see you um, and he was telling me about his record on 1989. Um, but first we've, we've got a question from um, one of my patrons, uh, Steph, who wants to know about like gearing up for the challenge. So um, she wants to know 
How do you gear your brain up for something so challenging? Do you just imagine yourself getting the record and ride the high? Or do you forget about the record altogether and just try to enjoy the run? Or do you break it down into little stages and celebrate the little wins? She says, I am just in awe of the mental ability of anyone who can commit to anything above about eight hours. <laughs> yeah, I think this is the thing where maybe you start to wonder if I'm missing through or something up there. Um, no, I don't, don't gear up. Um, I don't even really think about, I wasn't really thinking about trying to get around the I was just going for a run. Oh, Sabs. Oh, I'm really sorry. Um, could you perhaps get a little bit closer to the microphone? I just had a thing on the live chat saying um, they can't right. hear very well. So, yeah. Uh, let's sort this out. <laughs> now look what you've done, peeps. <laughs> it's, it's, that's John Gardner's fault. <laughs> um, are you closer? Yeah. Oh, say some, say something. Oh, oh, that's worse. I can't hear anything now. <laughs> can you turn it back around and then just? Let me just see if I can turn the volume up. Oh yeah, that's a good plan. It is at that, so that's that. Okay, so getting closer, but being on the screen, I have to slouch. Oh yeah, that is a bit okay. better. Yeah. Sorry, this one's on my iPhone because uh, the Mac is at home. I cycle here and I couldn't carry the big Mac. <laughs> no, that's perfect. If you are able to keep slouching, that would be brilliant. Thanks. Yep. That's a sorry about that, Sabs. Um, and thanks, so, guys, okay. for letting us know. The question. The brain. Yeah, the brain, brain yes. I was saying, I'm, I'm probably um, not quite right up here uh, because <laughs> we all know that. Um, <laughs> I, I don't really think about the distance, the length of what I'm doing, particularly that I'm just going for a jolly good run with lots of fun people. And in fact, the thing that kept me going, well, I did actually at one point, I wasn't having too much fun in the wind. You know, at Tan Hill, I really was like, do you know what? Um, I could just stop here because this is really annoying me running into the wind. It's really hard and I'm not going anywhere. Or I felt I wasn't going anywhere. Um, and then I thought, but hang on, I've got people here waiting to run with me. Yeah. I've got to go. And that yeah. was really it. I well, I've got to go now because everyone's waiting for me and that's that. And that was really kind of why I didn't sort of just sit at Town Hill and go no further, I think. That and also Mike Hartley was just like, well, you say that, but you're going to go anyway, aren't you? I mean, you're gonna stop here. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. I am just going. <laughs> yeah, I know. I remember you sitting there with the chips. Um, we got you because the order came through um, from the text from the Pacers and it said, she wants hot chips at Tan Hill. So we got these hot chips, which were probably oh. cold by the time you got there. <laughs> and then oh, Mike Hartley was there. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. It was really nice to see him because actually the first time I met him was when I went to Horton uh, to meet up with Damien. Um, and you know, I just rocked up, and um, he he started chatting to me. Um, he just literally came and said, "Oh, well done on the way right," and and uh, we were just having a jolly good chat. And I think actually ended up talking for about twenty minutes. And then afterwards, I was like, "Oh, I didn't catch your name." <laughs> and I was like, "What is my?" <gasps> I said, "No, I'm sorry. I know exactly who you are." And and then he said, "He's very sweet." He said, "Well, I didn't look like this in my day." Yeah. Oh, what a nice man. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a nice guy, and he, he's very humble. Yeah. Um, so, you do know, and I was so chuffed that he came to Tanhill to see me. Um, yeah. It was, uh, I, I don't have any contact with him. I, I don't know how to say thank you very much because he's not on Facebook, or I can't find him on Facebook. Um, so, if anyone knows him, uh, thank you very much. I'm 
Well, I got his email address. Um, oh. <laughs> so I will share that with you later. Like. <laughs> yeah, but Mike Hartley, for anyone who's listening who didn't know, um, he did the record in 1989, um, and he did two days, 17 hours, and 20 minutes, and then that was smashed by um, John Kelly and Damo just recently um, earlier in the year. Um, so yeah, he was telling. It was really interesting to chat with him, and like you say, he's really humble and really cool. And um, and I was just really struck by um, the way that they used to do records. Apparently, they would have um, somebody on a landline at home whilst the person did the record, and all the pacers um, would ring in from various phone boxes on the way to update the person with the landline um, as to where the person was and how they were doing. So you couldn't veer too far off your schedule because otherwise you just wouldn't have a pacer because they wouldn't know to get there early. And all the pacers had to arrive like probably an hour before needed just in case Mike was early yeah. and, and then they'd be waiting and you'd have no texting because like people were texting through weren't they they were like Sabrina would like list 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 of stuff and then I'd go to the co-op and get it yeah get, I mean they would be quick cold yeah already, I mean yeah. don't run to the bus you'd have nothing yeah exactly and so I think people must have just been like less kind of fussy in those days in terms of like if less, the pace less, less demanding <laughs> yeah all the things you were basically they wouldn't yeah. be like that <laughs> they would just be like oh here's a tunnock's carol bar like eat that and you'd just be grateful yeah. for what you got wouldn't you so it was really interesting to hear that from him um and it's really interesting to see how we do it this way with the whole texting forwards well, it's interesting as well because i think it's not just that but think of the clothes that they were running in didn't they and shoes didn't they all run in like walshes which i mean i think some people still probably do but i mean you know i look at last sportiva mutants and, and then look at you know what i run in and look at how how much shoes have changed even in the last 10 years 15 years and you think how luxurious it is. Oh, everything's padded and the grip and, you know, and they're getting everything right. And, and then, I mean, with clothing. And, and what about nutrition? I mean, I bet they didn't have any gels. And what about, like, I'm not the hugest fan of gels, but I did have quite a few Mountain Fuel jellies. And I also had a lot of the uh, recovery fuel, which I really like. I use that a lot after races and things. You know, all of those things as well. Um, a lot has changed. And I sort of think, yeah, they, they did really, really well. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they did. They didn't have the kit, they didn't have the gear. Um, they just had the same legs, I suppose, didn't they? They had legs. <laughs> legs. Yeah. Indeed, they do. <laughs> um, so just going back a little bit to you personally and um, and what you like doing, um, just share with us a little bit, if you can, about what you enjoy most about doing such long records, because you've obviously got the Wainwrights, you've done the Dragon's Back, um, you came second in Dragon's Back 2017, um, you've done the Spine in winter, you won the ladies in that in 2020, you won the Summer Outright the year before, you've done the Wainwrights this year, six days, 18 hours, first woman to do it that fast. And yeah, like, what do you like most about doing these, um, to, to some people, crazy things? I just like being outdoors. And I have to say, my motivation is not to get a record as such. It's, it's fun. And, and you know, I love that people like to come out and, and carry my bag and, and offer me food and, and do all my stuff. I'm so, so grateful for all the people that help because actually none of it's really possible without without that help. I mean, especially something as big as the Wainwrights. Um, I would love one day to try and do that self-supported. But, you know, it's a lot of gear and a lot of, um, so much to do. And, and I'm really in awe, actually, of people that have done that. And I think that is definitely something that needs to be done. But um, but it is so nice to run and not have to stop. 
I, I really hate stopping. I, <laughs> I just like going. And one thing that was really, I did a lot during the lockdown of, and you couldn't drive anywhere. So I would do my runs from my house in Langdale. Um, but it got really boring because I would have to go out to more or less the same. I went to Escorts a lot. And from there, I would go recce the bit I need to do, like go around Westwater, go around Emdale, and then do the same three-hour run back home. And um, and so every time, it kind of was like, oh, I have to come home now. Well, actually, I just want to keep going. Yeah. And doing all the rain rides was amazing because I could just keep going. Yeah. Uh, and, and all these people helping me to just keep going. Um and the same with the Pennine Way. I mean, it's just such a fantastic journey. I mean, I would even enjoy doing it by, you know, stopping each night at bed and breakfast or something, just because it's just a fun journey. Um, but I, I quite like the continuous running, because actually when you stop, things start to hurt and, <laughs> and your body starts, starts trying to recover. So I actually quite like just going continuously. It's quite nice. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's interesting that when you stop, things start to hurt. So that's yeah. a, a good tip for everybody. <laughs> stop. It doesn't hurt them. <laughs> yeah. And do do you train specifically for 268 miles or do you just go out and have fun doing yeah, some wrecking? Yeah, I, I don't do training. I, I'm very bad at training. I'm, I'm, I don't have a training. coach. Yeah, I, I don't have a coach. I don't think anyone can tell me what to do. I don't have the time to do stuff when I should and you know follow a plan that would make me the fastest runner in the whole world. You know, I just... I just do it to just relax and I, I really enjoy when I can just grab a map and just draw a route that I fancy doing which is always far too large for my little legs <laughs> you know and I love this expression I pinched off John Parkin um eyes bigger than legs oh yeah. yes <laughs> so true anyway so um I I do like doing that I draw a loop that I can't possibly finish in the time I've got and then I have to uh, I get halfway around and go oh dear I'll be back in like an hour and then uh, I'm always late um, and then, yeah, it's all just, I get this look from my husband like that, you know. <laughs> um, but I love it. That's that's my favourite fun thing to do. Yeah, just being, getting yourself lost in the mountains for ages yeah. and ages. Yeah. <laughs> and just, you say you don't train, but is there anything you wish that you'd done slightly differently prior um, that would have made the Penang Way easier, or did, did everything just go to plan? Oh, the best thing I probably could have done with the Penang Way is wait like another three months till my body was actually ready to do it again mm. uh, but that was quite fun and actually the real challenge for me was to like be like well can I do this again so quickly and and actually yes you can you don't do it very well but you can do it <laughs> um so it, it was yeah that was interesting for me and I picked up another little bit of bursitis in my uh sort of glute area and hip kind of were quite unhappy with me uh, but you're going to get these things running that far, so yeah. you know, then I have to let them settle down, or I'm not very good at that. Um, <laughs> so what would I have done differently? Um, I'm trying now to be good and do other things like cycling, ah. compliment running, and also it's a bit of cross training. And also, I do like to try and um, do an all-round workout so that I'm actually working my core, my back muscles, my glutes separately, my and my arms. So I like to have some strength. In my arms because actually occasionally on these things not so much the Pennine way but definitely the Wainwrights you can end up doing a bit of scrambling and using your arms and finding that actually they start to hurt because they've not been used in a long long time <laughs> you're so, like a dinosaur with tiny arms and massive legs <laughs> even the poles I haven't done any pole practice for the Wainwrights and I use them a fair bit so I probably should use them a bit but I don't really like poles they're cheating sticks cheating sticks <laughs> um, so, but you know, they are effective and uh, everyone seems to be using them. But, uh, well, I don't think I'd get around to wearing rights without them. Uh, I'll be honest. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's probably what I would have done. 
Yeah. Oh, that's really useful. So you you can kind of learn from what you've done already, um, and then implement that next time next time round. Um, I just want to um, just let you know who's watching because we've got lots of people watching live here. Um, uh, so I'm just going to read oh, out. Well, I shouldn't maybe drink my tea. In front no, of no, it's fine. I I have a pint. I'm I'm drinking <laughs> of water. Um, so um, we've got a Seb here tonight, and he says, "Evening, everyone. Finally made it to a live one again. Yay!" Uh, Philip Haddock is here and he says well done Sabrina um, John Airy says I'm here till 7 and I promise I will behave oh you better do John and um, Guy says hello to everybody um, John Gardner says hello as well and John Earp says hello as well and um, Peter Kaufhafner no Kraufhofer says hi from Vienna I hope I got that right um, and uh, John Airy says it's good sound for an iPhone. So um, I think... Oh, yes. I do apologise for the iPhone. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I'm sure um, everyone can hopefully hear it okay now. Um, so, oh, and Brad Rush is here. He's just realised I'm doing shout-outs, so he's typed hello, everyone. So that's great to see you there as well, Brad. So thanks, everybody, for watching live. And um, do type some questions in if you have any questions for Sabs. Um, and, uh, but I've got tons. So um, just talking about the stuff that you would have done differently, and you talked about like a little bit of bursitis in the hip. Um, you had a knee problem on the Wainwrights that obviously impacted you, um, your kind of feelings on getting the record. Um, you thought that you had some help, so you didn't, you didn't want the record there. Um, what was the hardest part of the Pennine way? Did, was the knee okay, or, or was the, the pain from injury the hardest part, or was there a different type of thing that made that one hard? Um, so, I yeah, running across the TV, it's, I was um, thinking about the sort of problem I've had on the Wainwright and whether that would flare up again. Actually, I say knee. Pain was in the knee. The bursa, I think, that was inflamed is in the knee area, but it was actually the adductors that got strained. So I, um, when I was just running off the tibiates, descending into Burness, they did start to twinge. Uh, in fact, my left one, so it was the right one, I was like, oh no, no, not this again. And then I didn't hear from them again. Then they settled, so it was fine. And then I got a different problem, which as I say, was the sympathetitis, and that was incredibly painful. And it started sort of yeah, going up Fountain's Fell. So as I left Dalehead, I think it's called, um, and I was just like, oh no, not again. And I, I took loads of painkillers, actually. We did try to elbow in my glute, and that didn't help too much. But painkillers were good. Though I had a really good leg. Obviously, the painkillers worked really well. And I, ran <laughs> great. I know, I ran great from from uh, Fountains Fell way up and then into Malham, I was feeling awesome and I was really actually pegging it. In fact, all the way to Gargrave, and that's where I managed to catch two hours of my time back. Um, so I was back on schedule and then I was actually even making time through that last afternoon, evening. Um, and then painters wore off. And then I did take more, um, but then I got to a point where I was vomiting and I was worried that it might be the painkillers. And I thought, <laughs> oh God, I better not. So I stopped taking them and then and then I was in the world of pain, oh. uh, and so that last bit to Edel was a bit, uh, yeah, a bit slow, a bit owie. Yeah. Uh, still loved it because the sun was a oh, beautiful um, sunrise, and then we decided that why would I want to arrive in, you know, Edel yeah. at six in, the, in the dark? Crazy time. Eight thirty in the morning in lovely daylight. So you know, really, it worked out well. 
Yeah, it did work out really well and it was a beautiful morning, wasn't it? It was absolutely yeah. lovely. And I'm just trying to just trying to scroll through to see if I can find a picture of your feet here to show everybody because I did take quite a few photos of your feet at the end. So I'm just going to throw up a few on the screen there. Um, Lucky people get to see my feet. Yeah, yeah. but they, uh, oh, this is you asleep in the chair at the end. Um, oh, that's where I look like off to a care home. <laughs> yeah you've been out on day release oh here we go here's a nice <laughs> picture of you and your feet here so this this is Sabs's feet at the end um and they are really pretty good I think for having run all that way 268 miles so you've got like a, a little bit of kind of what kind of you know the general white wetness going on with the soles shriveling up but then all you've really got is is a big blister on your um left little toe and a kind of smallish blister on your right little toe and that's all i can see blister wise is that right yeah i mean and, and that's i think they they seem to have been a recent thing i started getting blisters there but i think it, it doesn't really bother me actually i mean i just ignore these things anyway um and actually i think if you run on blisters a lot then you just get calluses and eventually they stop bothering you yeah that's true I, yeah and we've got a question from P peter crow uh, Krauhalfer, um, apparently I said his name right, and um, he says, Sabrina, which shoes did you use, and did you change shoes, and which socks did you use, like what was your uh, kind so of foot setup? I always run in La Sportiva Mutants, I have tried other fit shoes, lots of shoes actually, and, and lots in the La Sportiva range actually, but the Mutants suit me best, um, so it's going to be a combination of what suits your individual feet. But for me, the mutants are good because they have good cushioning. Um, but remember, I'm small. Um, so maybe if you're tall, heavier, um, Akira's might be a bit better. Um, and the Cashers are the other ones um, that have good grip, but a bit more padding. Um, but I don't mind because they're heavier. And for me, being small, actually heavy makes me very slow. It feels like I'm running with lead in my shoes. Um, but the mutants are perfect. Um, they're very durable. So I've actually managed to run 1,200 kilometers in one set. And wow. they, still, they still look great. Like the mesh never wears through. Um, but you start to worry about the amount you've compressed everything and lack of padding and, and stuff. So, you know, at some point they do have to go in the bin. Um, <laughs> but I have to say they always look good. Um, so I'm always sad to put them in the bin. It's like when we saw all those shoes at the... Uh, at the end, at, well, what's supposed to be the end of the pen on there, which is the start for me, I couldn't bear to put <laughs> my lovely shoes on there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so shoes, are, shoes they're, they're good. They've got good grip. Um, I really like them because for me, they're good on all surfaces. Um, so so that I can go from fell to road to, you know, bog to mud and, and they're good. I mean, they always have good grip. Um, they also dry quite well. Um, so I can be completely immersed in bog one minute and then you know if there's a bit of sun and a bit of wind actually within an hour they feel dry again and then the socks i i don't understand why people would ever want to run around with wet feet all the time especially for 72 74 hours you know that kind of or six days yeah. um, wet feet for that long is going to give you really um big foot issues um so dry feet are important and i found the deck shell bamboo light socks work for me um, seal skins are good, but they're a bit thick, so you're going to need a slightly bigger shoe to fit those in, but they are also good. Um, so, not only when you keep your feet dry, but you also stop the little bits of grit getting in. And if you stop the grit getting in, you won't get as many blisters either, um, because if you get a small rub with a stone or a little bit of mud, that's what's causing uh, foot problems a lot of the time. 
Mm. Yeah, and it was interesting that your blisters were were just because the foot was presumably swelling, and then it was being squished like in the shoe, like you didn't get grit in there, and it wasn't the water. No, no, no water, no grit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. So deck shell waterproof socks is the way forward for for long stuff, really long stuff. Oh, cool. So Peter says thanks for answering his question, um, and we have got a couple more questions as well on the live chat. We've got John Gardner. Um, um, he wants to know particularly, like, do you do like a particular? You know, you did some strength training. Um, do you do any specific leg work or core work? Like, what kind of exercises do you do, or like how does it work? For the last two, three years, I've done mainly just running and really done no core, no nothing at all it's only after uh, now that i've done some for maybe the last three days and i will <laughs> do it for a few more days so i can pretend i actually do try to sort myself out but the reality is i really just run that's the honest honestly most of the time i just run and get away with it um, but i am getting older and i am doing loads and loads of long stuff so it will catch up with me i'm sure so i am trying to cycle i, I rode my bike today i did core strength today um, I did no running today, so today is good. I'm being a good Sabs today, um, but um, tomorrow um, I will probably not. Um, and let's see if I manage to actually uh, do any more core. I should. I think it's a good thing to do. Yes, and yes. probably a bit of strength work also. Yeah, but I would be lucky. If I said I do do it because I don't. Yeah, but presumably your job is a little bit physical in that you're a vet, so you're picking up large animals and putting them on beds and things like. So you're not just sat all day. So you do have a bit of movement yeah, going I on. Yeah, I do a lot of squatting. I squat down, pick a dog up, put it on the table. Sounds um, like core work to me. <laughs> and after, leg strength. After an ultra, I find I often go down to pick this animal up and get stuck there, <laughs> and I have to go and get somebody else to lift the animal up, which is really embarrassing. <laughs> Yeah, and then you after the animal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, well, it's nice to hear you being really honest about this kind of thing. Um, and Hannah Baisley also thinks it's really good to hear that you um, don't really have a plan. Um, she says she finds it really stressful whenever she tries to stick to a plan, um, but she tries to stick to the fundamentals and, and make it up as she goes along. So I think a plan is for some people and not necessarily for other people. And the most important thing is to enjoy it, huh? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Um, oh, next question. So, uh, sleep. Yeah, I want to talk to you about sleep and food and then recovery and then what's next and then we're done. So, um, sleep. Um, as I saw it, you only had about like one hour of sleep, maybe one and a half hours of sleep during yeah, that whole three days. You're, you're going to know better than me what I actually had. Uh, it wasn't enough. It, it really was wasn't. Very little it sleep. It wasn't my intention. And I really, really should have stuck to my actual plan, uh, which was in my schedule. I'm not quite sure where I didn't get that two hour sleep that I was meant to have or why. Uh, probably I was behind schedule and just being silly. I'm terrible. I just need someone to enforce rest on me. Um, well, you don't want to stop. You said that. Like, so why would you? But, but you do need to. And I think it was unfortunate that I had to stay in Greg's hut. But there was no point, and this is where you do have to sort of uh, understand weather and realise that actually if you don't have to fight it, and if it is going to blow over, you know, quickly, you are better off to stop and stay out of it if you can. But unfortunately, it was so early on, I wasn't ready to sleep. So, I mean, I, I lay there um, and didn't, I wasn't moving and I managed to eat quite a lot during that time, but I didn't 
um, sleep. So that's a bit of a shame. And, and I think if I hadn't had to do that, then I would have had a proper two-hour sleep and you would have probably seen that my run into Edel was much stronger because I was really suffering through that last night. Um, and yeah, it, it wasn't good. It, it wasn't ideal. Um, and I need to be, yeah, my husband <laughs> is very insistent that he must do the road support for the Wainwrights because he will be probably the only person that can make me do anything. So uh, yeah. I have to sleep when I'm told. Yeah. So I will. Um, and, and that's that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've just popped a picture of you asleep in our camper van thing. Um, and I it, think I just look like a pile of clothes. You look like a pile of clothes. Yeah. You also just, if once you do realise there's a person there, you just look like a dead person because you're just like this, like face down with your head like in a pillow, like eating the pillow. <laughs> it's a great picture. I, I like it a lot. And um, and we've got lots of comments coming in about how um, honest you are. So John Gardner says... Um, uh, I like, oh, hang on, let me just put it up here. I like Sabrina's honesty, charming. Um, and John says, Sabs is delightful. We need more of what she has. <laughs> so you've got some, some good that's very, that's fans. That's very nice. Very Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did you, yeah. with that lack of sleep, did you get any of the strange hallucinations? Because last time, didn't you have, like, you wanted to peel your eyes off or any, yeah. like, that kind of thing? I pretty much got the same thing. I remember one minute I was like, oh, someone's turned my head torch off. Why did they do that? And then and I'm just fumbling around like this. And I'm like, oh, man, my eyelids are shut. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no, not this again. And I'm like this. And I'm like, come on, Sabs. And that's when I said to Sally and Colin, I was like, I have to sleep. And they were like, no, Sabs. The camper van is only 500 metres away. And I said, I know. I'm not going to make it. I have to <laughs> And they were like, no, no. I said, you're going to regret this. So, this is going to take half an hour to do 500 metres because... I literally could not keep my and they didn't get it they really didn't get it hmm. and I was like well oh well that's your problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can and deal with it they had to keep collecting me from you know from these positions where I just fall asleep staring it was the tour side reservoir and I was just staring and I'd, I'd be very confused because you don't expect to be working over the walking over this stuff and you're kind of like it's a bridge it's like tools and there's like stuff and I'm just like oh sleep need to sleep and then I'm like but I can't sleep in this muddy ditch yeah so I try and move but it was terrible it was terrible yeah but yeah yeah the eyelid thing very inconvenient yeah so, yeah. so you thought your head torch was off because your mm. eyes were shut basically mm. yeah mm. <laughs> oh, someone turned the lights out yeah oh oh I'm <laughs> <laughs> but you sound like you find it quite amusing like some people might be a bit scared by that kind of thing going on like what you must have a, like a different a mindset a different attitude to this type of kind of extreme I've just thing done it. I've done it so much you know I did 10 years of adventure racing um I've been through it all the hallucinations the confusion the, the deja vus deja vus are bad um I didn't have any of that on Wayne Oaks I didn't have any of that on the Pennine Way but I've, I've had the deja vu where I was in Costa Rica doing this world championship adventure race, three other three guys on my team, and I was insistent, it's the last day, and I was insistent that I'd been here before, they didn't need a map, and I was going to tell them where the water was because I'd used the tap and filled up my bottles, so I know exactly where it is. So I just put the map away, 
follow me guys up the hill off we go and I was just in la la land and they were just it was funny at first but then like, I was really annoying because I was so insistent that they didn't know what they were doing um, and then every time I was going the right way it just reassured me that I knew exactly what I was doing um, but yeah they had to put up with that which was <laughs> not yeah well at least they didn't believe you and follow you and then get disappointed <laughs> that would have been even worse at least someone on the team is awake yeah good. No, yeah focus. yeah <laughs> probably should those kind of things you should probably be carrying somebody around on a stretcher having a sleep so there's always one person that's really well rested <laughs> yeah <laughs> um and so food let's just talk a little bit about the foods because um you did like the hot chips um and we got you some hot chips at Tanhill and, and various other places um but what else do you like to eat on these things because i'm sure people want tips you did me my little sandwiches with my special bread and um, smashed avocado and cheese and tomato. Like normal food is good. Um, you do need to eat nice stuff. Um, and then I'm just I'm just really into cake. So generally, you can throw a cake at me. I'm going to have it. Um, I had scone with scones with cottage cream and jam. Yummy. Um, I, oh yeah, I do like having if it's possible. I like having the toast. I mean, when does when is toast not appealing with lashings of butter? You know, that's just that smell, isn't it? Or muffins or whatever it is, you know, just toasted stuff, toasted crumpets. Um, so if you can get bananas, I ate an awful lot of bananas. I mean, I was a bit worried I was going to overdose on potassium at one point. I've only eaten bananas. Um, Higgity quiches went down well. We carried that on the first leg. Um, Andy had some as well. He was very pleased with how tasty that <laughs> I was a bit worried um, that would get squashed, that bit. <laughs> yeah, and he carried it wonderfully. And I mean, it was just genius when we had Damien carrying a plate. I mean, oh, yeah. that was fantastic with all my offerings on. And we did genuinely do this. And to be fair, I didn't eat a single thing off the plate. Really? Yeah, I just wanted to see Damien carry his plate down technical descent. <laughs> I was really waiting for the face plant, which never happened. Oh. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, but it was good. So, uh, oh, what else was on the plate? We had um, cheese scone. That was good. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, lots of nice food. And then I do find that the when I can't get food down or I need a sudden kick because I've been lax and not eaten enough food and need a sugar hit, then these mountain fuel jellies are good because they're not too sweet. They're quite got a decent amount of water in as well, and you can just sink them quite quickly, and they don't make me feel ill. Um, so those were really good and then they've got the cola one with caffeine in so that's also handy at night if you're just having a bit of a moment and you need a bit of caffeine and then i really like the recovery feel which i know i'm not recovering because i'm still moving um but i actually think that it's probably quite good to keep getting the protein in somehow um and you know the things that you're eating are probably you're probably not digesting that protein if you break it down into lots of little bits and your stomach has to work quite hard whereas i think you know i crave it actually the chocolate milkshake mm. I just oh my god and then after I finish then that's all I have I mean I just live off that stuff yeah uh, yum yum oh yeah well we, we enjoyed making it for you and um and you I don't know did you mention the cups of tea because you have tea with yeah. you have tea with a lot of sugar in on I these things don't really you call it tea that is just my um my fuel for running so it's like you show the tea bag and then you know, to, in order for me to drink it, you have to put a load of milk in because it's not too hot, and then throw three sugars in there because I think if you're having anything and can put sugar in it, that's calories. Any way of getting calories in you while you're going is brilliant. So sugar is excellent, and um, so just throw it in the tea. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, and I've just got a picture here. We were we put all your stuff out on a bench, um, and then this cat came along, and the cat tried to start eating your food. So we had to put the plates just at the back of the shop there, and it's got a plastic bag over it because the cat tried to eat it. But there's actually tea, soup, porridge. There's a beer for the pacers, and there's water as well, um, which um, I think we we put a lot of um, uh, that uh, mountain yeah, fuel in the water as well. Yeah. So I like yeah that raw one is good because it has no flavor mm. so if you were drinking the really sugary type energy drinks then you'd get your ulcerated tongue and stuff and you yeah. would just think of all the sugar stuff but the raw one's really good because you actually just can't really taste it. it's in there and it, you get your electrolytes and you get some energy and yeah it's great so yeah i did have that in every single yeah i had one water didn't i and one mountain peel which is really good yeah that where you are yeah and then some recovery stuff as well and guess what i've just found a picture of damien with the plate of food oh there. my god we're going to run as well yes it does yes yeah oh well he's there carrying the plate um and it's got i don't know a scone a bit of quiche some nuts some tomatoes some i don't know cucumber we were trying to put like a mixture of everything on there just in case um what you want um what well, you wanted well, fell running that's what it was going yeah i just did the uh, fell running yeah yeah fell running. i've just been writing a uh, an article for that so uh but i didn't have a picture i didn't know anyone had a photo of Damien with a plate so yeah. i really want yeah that would be cool yeah yeah no just let me know if there's any more photos you need because i got tons i just okay. stored everybody's on the way and so i've got ah, everyone's um and lots of people on the live chat are really enjoying the food chat so guy says he can vouch for tea with lots of sugar um thanks to nigel because nigel and i supported guy when he did his first 50k run um and nigel put lots of sugar in his tea so um he enjoyed that um, and then John Gardner's put Stella for the Pacers. <laughs> so you didn't, I don't, I didn't see you drink any Stella on the way around. I don't think you did. Um, and then Peter says, uh, pizza and beer without alcohol are my favourites during an ultra. So I think everybody, everybody's down with the real food malarkey there. Um, and you mentioned recovery. Um, so you like to drink the chocolate milk mountain fuel um for recovery um what else do you do um because i messaged you later in the week and i was like i am dead i have had like well i had like uh, probably a million times more sleep than you did and i was absolutely dead then that morning i was dead then wednesday i kind of rallied a bit and then thursday i had to go back to work and i was like i hate my life i hate everything oh. i am so tired um <laughs> That's what happens. That's what happens to me when I get tired. So that's why I don't like doing like through the night stuff because no, I just I, I just hate so myself. Basically, what I do you do? On the um, Tuesday, um, uh, about lunchtime, and I went to bed for three hours, and then I got up and had dinner and did all the normal stuff, and then I slept that whole night, and then I felt pretty good. Oh. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think as long as I've had a full night's sleep, I then start to feel normal again. Um, it's the other stuff that takes longer and it mm. annoys me that I can't go running the next day and that it, I have to think about carefully, logistically, when I want to go upstairs, that what do I really need to take with me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going back downstairs. Yeah. Um, so, um, and then I have a lot of baths. Um, I have recently started to get some salts in there. There's absolutely no scientific backing for this. <laughs> I, just, I just like them. They smell nice. I get the scented ones. So I enjoy it, but it, there's definitely no uh, reason why that would work in any way. But I do like to use them. 
Um, so, but baths are definitely good. I think anything that you feel is good that you should do. So I feel good in a bath. Um, I don't like ice, but occasionally if I've got a sore bit, then sticking the ice on it numbs it. So that's good. It's not sore if it's numb. So I do use ice sometimes. Um, probably not as much as I should because as I don't like to be cold. Um, and then I, um, I try not to take anti-inflammatories for the first few days if I can help it because I think your body's trying to repair and wants to create some information in order to repair, but at some point it goes overboard and does too much information and then I will use them then. Um, that's my own personal thoughts on that. Um, and then, but if I can't sleep at night because I'm in too much pain, then Cocodamol is very helpful um, and that won't interfere with uh, your body's processes. Um, yeah. And it's gentle as well, it's, it's not too bad in the stomach. Um, what else do I do? I try and stretch. Uh, I think your body tells you I always listen to my body um, and it tells me, oh, that feels nice if I stretch that, so I do it. And if it doesn't feel nice, then I don't do it. Um, and then after a few days, I do go to um, a massage therapist and she's very helpful. And she also does a bit of dry needling. Um, so I go to if anyone local mountain massage in Windermere. Um, they're really, really good. They've got a number of um, very good therapists there. Um, and uh, Hazel does, does my therapy. Um, and so she will often identify where I've you know, stuffed myself up a little bit and fix it, which is great. Um, and then sort of doesn't give me too much, you know, shouldn't be doing anything stuff, which is not. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't need that. <laughs> actually, actually once I was really surprised. I went for some Achilles issues and I was being a bit like everyone had told me to stop running and stop running and you're doing this to yourself. And um, she actually fixed my problem um, because it wasn't anything to do with the running. It was... Um, I was wearing flat shoes at work oh. and actually I just put some heels on and that really just got everything working and she said you could just go running so you know basically stop being pissy um, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I did and it was all fine and it's all healed, healed really well so I think sometimes um, people can be a bit too ready to tell you that oh everything's going to cure with rest and that is not always the case sometimes and, and I've had some exercises from Achilles that actually when I'm doing them they do actually hurt a little bit but it's the only way to get the spring back in the tendons because they they are supposed to be doing that um, and they are a little bit aggravation upset but sometimes you do need to put them through that to get them back um, so I think it's good to go and consult somebody and get a little bit of help with any niggles um, massages are great for flushing things out and then drink lots of water uh, help recover yeah water 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 and um, the water I'm drinking is coming out as quickly as I drink it because of all the fluid retention and I think you do need to just keep drinking to make sure you flush all that toxins out, all the stuff that your body's built up with all its metabolic processes and help your body just detoxify afterwards by lots of fluids. And that's why I'll drink a lot of that um, mountain recovery fuel because um, it's fluids as well as protein. Um, and sometimes you don't feel like eating so much, although I'm pretty happy to eat most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and it sounds like uh, just to ask one more question before we ask you what's doing, what's um, next and and end the chat. But um, it sounds like you have a pretty high pain threshold, like uh, blisters, recovering, things being agonising, sleep. Like, would you say you do have a really high pain threshold compared to it's some hard, people? It's hard to know, isn't it? It's hard to know. Pain is definitely in the brain. Pain is not a physical thing. Pain, yeah. is pain, pain is in the mind so then you have senses 
and skin is definitely very sensitive and I think I'm very lucky that my feet are generally pretty good and I think that when people get their feet in a mess that hurts so don't think that that's a good idea to go around on painful feet I I don't think I could or would and I think when they're that that kind of agony that um you know that that isn't fun um and I think it's really important to avoid getting into that kind of agony because believe me I'm not running in agony I I won't I wouldn't Mm. um you know like the Wainwrights yeah it was it was painful to do certain things so I avoided those things um and yeah I can run through through caves and maybe I do but I think it's more that I don't think I'm running in agony I I really don't I think I'm generally running and happy um I do get a niggle and then that is painful as I said I took painkillers and tried to ignore it um but there comes a point when you are in a lot of pain and actually you do need to stop so it's very different for everybody and I think you do sort of need to listen to your body a little bit because it's often telling you um when something hurts you need to avoid doing further damage the spine would be one the winter spine I think unfortunately that race you probably aren't going to finish with quite a lot of tendonitis um I found that and that was very painful actually the tendonitis was horrific um but I think when you know not really wrecking it too much not like yeah <laughs> or a fracture or something yeah um, so you haven't broken you anything <laughs> yeah yeah did mentally block that pain out and not worry too much about that um that's different um and then the thing for me on that was my ankle was swollen and it was annoying because I couldn't fit it in the shoe without it really hurting when yeah. you've got something and you've got pressure on it that's if you can avoid the pressure on it that helps a lot uh, so I had to ice that down so the swelling would get down so you could put the shoe, you know foot in the shoe and ugh, I mean that wasn't pleasant and, and I would say that probably was quite a painful race for me and I wouldn't like to repeat that mm. I don't think that was great um whereas a lot of the other stuff hasn't been been that much and it took me ages to recover from this winter despite ages um well my kind of ages which is six weeks I mean, that's <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> um, but whereas you know the Wainwrights was about three weeks and can I wait too so yeah 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 so you're saying you're probably not in as much pain as everybody might think you'd be in because you're basically yeah. really really experienced at doing this now you know what socks work what shoes work you know yeah. what works for your body and you're having a lovely time yeah don't run in pain please it's yeah horrible. like agony for ages don't think that this is what it's about it's not i think ultras are fun running should be fun um you shouldn't be doing these races going well it's gonna be the hardest most painful thing I ever do well what's the point in that it's fun it's good to enjoy it and genuine, genuinely enjoy it and you know enjoy speaking to people around you and just the whole atmosphere and getting into checkpoints and you want it to be challenging um, and in order then to avoid these painful things I do think it's worth you know taking some measures learning a few things doing what works for you doing the right training or at least learning how to use your equipment and, and what works for you you know what to use and how to avoid blisters blisters are really bad i mean foot problems are really bad you don't want them i really don't yeah i hate foot problems <laughs> definitely and so um what what are you going to do next like i know that you're going to have another crack at the wainwrights but are you going to do something in between and 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 yeah and tell us more no well i have another entry for the winter spine which is in january 
and that will be my 40th birthday on the spine. Oh, um, cool. So, like to do that. I hope it goes ahead. Um, obviously, we have things going on at the moment that are wrecking everything. Yeah. Um, and I've got an entry for the Cheebit Goat Race as well, which will be a new one for me, so that'll be kind of fun. Um, and then in between that, I'm trying to be good sex. <laughs> I'm trying to do the rest thing. I will see how that goes. Um, because really for me, the most important thing that I want to do is the Wainwrights next year. And I'm really excited to do it again. Uh, it was fun. And I'd like to do it without injury. It would be really nice to finish it um, strong. So that will be the challenge. Um, and uh, I've got to focus most of my time now on that. Yeah. And so that will be May time, presuming you're going I'd to like do it, similarly. We, we need to look at the weather because... Um, May, May should be good and mm. it'll be before the bracken comes up mm. and, um, and this year May was great so we just have to see uh, again it's not something I'm going to attempt in in terrible conditions because you know it's not for me it's supposed to be an enjoyable thing um, and you know I've got people running with me and I want them to enjoy it as well and not be put through storms and yeah yeah oh well i will see if i can come and run with you some of it next year i'm really hoping the covid restrictions aren't as as kind of yeah i really hope covid just kind of dies a bit of a death before then um but it would be lovely to come run with you because um yeah i'll have a a baby of some kind and it will be like uh, four or five months old by then so um, I think <laughs> like that one there, <laughs> like Lucy's baby behind. But um, yeah, I'll have one of them. <laughs> yeah, I'll have one of them, and I will. I'll give it to Steve. He can sit in the car with it, and I can run, and then he can come pick me up. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> so that'd be lovely to get some footage of you actually running on the hill rather than just at a checkpoint going. Ella, do you want some quiche? <laughs> yeah. So it's been fantastic to chat to you tonight, Sabs. Thank you so much for sparing all this time for um, for us to talk with you about all your incredible achievements and um, and all of this amazing ultraness that you do. Um, it's been a pleasure to support you in it over the well um, uh, last month. Uh, it is now, and um, and hope to be able to support you again on the Wainwright because that sounds super exciting. Ah, thanks, Claire. No problemo. Um, so uh, just want to read you this nice thing from Pete, who says, um, Sabrina, all the best for the future with a smiley face. Thanks for the interview. Um, uh, he says uh, he has to go now, so he will see us all next week. <laughs> so, yeah, thanks so much. It's been fab. Um, adios, everyone. Bye. Thanks, Sabs. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? 
I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information that I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.